Hey, hey, Lighthouse, Merry Christmas. Nope, that's not going to work because we're past Christmas. In fact, some of you probably got irritated because you're so beyond Christmas now. So, Happy New Year. Nope, that's not going to work either because we're not quite to New Year's yet. We're kind of in that awkward time of year. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, like, it's like the sunset has gone on the joy of Christmas, but we haven't reached the sunrise of New Year's yet. It's not on the horizon. It's just kind of an awkward time. It reminds me of those two words that are very uh, apropos for the time that we find ourselves right now, the two words, lame duck. Are you familiar with that term, lame duck? I mean, it's, it's really kind of true for where we are right now politically. I looked it up in a legal dictionary, and uh, the term lame duck means this. It's when a legislature assembles between election day and the day that new legislators assume office. The meeting is called a lame duck session. Now, you're probably familiar with that, right? We just got done with our elections in November, and we head into uh, uh, January 3rd, I believe it is, when the new Congress will be seated. And, uh, and that time in between the election and January 3rd is known as the lame duck session for Congress. It really is uh, that in-between time, in between the new incoming and the old outgoing and you're just kind of sitting there waiting hoping that nothing bad happens during that time frame it's a lame duck and to be honest with you that's kind of where we are in our year we're in kind of that lame duck time frame after christmas before new year's it's just kind of no man's land right there but this time right now can actually be very useful to us. And I would submit to you that after the year that we, that we experienced in 2020, we really need to seize these next few, year, few days to prepare us for 2021. I was thinking about this. About a year ago, right now, just a little over a year, December of 2019, I was at a Christmas uh, party with our staff and with our board of elders. We were all together back in the day when you could actually gather together for a party like that. But we were all together, and I remember just sharing with them how excited I was for 2020. Because 2019 was horrible. It was a horrible year. And I told them, I was like, I'm so excited about what God has for us in 2020 and what God is going to do in 2020 through Lighthouse Community Church. And I ended it, I summed it up by saying, I was so excited for 2020 because 2020 could not possibly be worse than 2019. (laughs) That's crazy, right? I mean, when we look at it right now and look at what's happened, in fact, I was sharing that with the staff uh, this past week, I think it was, or last week, and, uh, and they asked me not to say it again, to jinx the coming year. But the fact of the matter is, as rough as 2020 is, or was, if I could be totally honest with you, there are actually a few things that we can look and see in 2020 that are positive. While 2020 will not go down as the greatest year in the history of my life, and it won't go down as the greatest year in the history of Lighthouse Community Church, 
there are three things that we can be absolutely sure of when we look back on 2020. We can be absolutely, positively, unequivocally sure that God was faithful. Throughout the entirety of 2020, no matter what we went through, God was faithful. We can also be absolutely sure that God provided. God provided. And we know without a doubt, God was present. In 2020, God was faithful, God provided, and God was present throughout the entirety of the year. No matter what you went through, no matter the the feelings of anxiety, hurt, depression, anger, whatever you went through, God was faithful, God provided, and God was present. And it reminds me of a a scripture verse that we read in the birth narrative of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. Where it refers back in Matthew, Matthew refers back to Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Talking about Jesus, prophesying about Jesus. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And my friends, no matter what has happened, God has kept his promises. He kept his promises not only to Israel, but in 2020, God kept his promises to you. God was faithful, and God provided, and God was present. So now, as we stand here or sit here in this no man's land, this time in between, I want us to look at some some verses that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And I want us to take this verse, these verses, and I want to extract from them some things that we can look at and observe and apply over these next few days before we hit 2021 to help us prepare, okay? So here's what he writes. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and this comes from the Living Bible Paraphrase. And some of you are very familiar with this passage, but it says this. The Apostle Paul writes, No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Whew, that is a powerful passage of scripture. In fact, let me just pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the lessons we learned in 2020. Thank you, God, that you were faithful that like the good shepherd, you protected and you provided. And God, you were always there. You were present. You fulfilled your word, Emmanuel, God with us. You fulfilled your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You fulfilled your word. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And God, in these next few moments, as we Um, look at Paul's words and we see the things that we can evaluate and look over from 2020 as we prepare for 2021 in these next few days. Speak to our hearts. Challenge us. Motivate us. So that by this time next year, we will look back and say this is the greatest year of my life, regardless 
of what happens. Thank you, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to share a few things with you that we pull out of uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. The first thing is this. The first thing you and I need to do is we need to find where you are. Find where you are. Find where you are. Have you ever been in a situation where, where you're following a map or a GPS and you're going to a place that you've never really been before, but you get this great idea? You know what? I'm going to take a shortcut. Now, if you are male and you're watching this, then you should just nod your head yes because we've pretty much all done it, all right? We think we're smarter than the map, we're faster than the GPS, and we look at it and go, you know what, I'm just going to take a shortcut right now. And what we end up doing is finding ourselves horribly lost. Now, here's the question for you and me. What is the first step in becoming unlost? What is the very first thing you do to become unlost? And I'm kind of laughing because I understand I'm not sure that unlost is a word, but you're tracking with me, right? What is the first thing you do to become unlost? The first thing you do is locate where you are presently. Locate where you are. In order to figure out how to get back on the right road to go where we want to go, we got to figure out exactly where we are right now. And the living Bible, in Philippians chapter 3, the living Bible, Paul said, I am not all that I should be. I am not all that I should be. Paul recognized in that moment exactly where he was. And the truth is for you and me that we can look back over the last year and we realize that we really aren't where we need to be. I know I can. I can look back and I can recognize that I'm really not where I should be, where I need to be, where I want to be spiritually. Whether it's talking about people and how I responded to people in the midst of a pandemic, economic crisis, racial tension, and all those other things. Or or maybe it was the fact that we lacked the confidence in God to keep us from being anxious every time we watched or read the news. And in this moment, we recognize we're not where we need to be. We're not where we want to be. The good news is that right now, you recognize that. If I just gave you a moment to step back and think about it and process it, Most of you, like me, would say, I'm not where I need to be. And in the last year, I saw the truth of that in how I treated people, in how I talked about situations, in the fact that I didn't always trust God in in certain circumstances and situations. I'm not where I need to be. And, And you would see that about you as well. And the good news is that you and I now recognize and know where we are today. And many of you, like me, now understand that there is work to be done. There is work that we need to do in order to represent Jesus well to our community outside of these walls, to the 61% who don't know Jesus. In order for them to know him and to see him in me, I have to recognize where I am right now so that I can better represent him in the future. 
so that I can have that peace and joy that I desperately desire. And so that I can live a contented life, no matter my job, no matter my income, no matter my house, no matter my car, no matter my clothes, no matter my friends, no matter what, I can have that contented life. When I begin to recognize that I'm not where I should be, and we find where we are. Because once we've found where we are, it leads to the second thing, and that's reestablishing where you're going. Reestablishing where you're going. You, bat, you get back on the right road toward the destination you originally were going to. You need to reestablish where you're going. Now, here's the thing. We, we, we get back on that road to the destination we were once traveling to before we sidetracked ourselves, before we tried to take that shortcut, before we got off at the wrong exit, before we U-turned where we shouldn't have U-turned in life, and, and we got going the wrong way. And we, and, we, and we figured out that we're in the wrong place and we're reestablishing where we're going. And the same is true in our lives. Many of us last year, we did that. We are reestablished last year. And we did it through maybe something like a New Year's resolution. Or we did it through, if you come to Lighthouse, then you know and understand that we start in January of every year. We do a sermon called My Word for the Year. And we pray over the word that God has for us in this coming year that he's going to use to change our life and to change the lives of the people around us. And last year, you reestablished where you were going through that word for the year. And somehow, somewhere along the middle of March, the wheels came flying off the bus. In the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of economic uncertainty, in the midst of racial turmoil, everything went to chaos. And we got distracted, and some of us got lost. And now that you've located where you are, the next step is reestablishing where you're going. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm going to tell you what. Most of us talking together right now we want to entirely forget 2020. There's not a single thing that I want to remember about 2020. In fact, I would like to erase it from the hard drive of my brain to never remember or speak that year ever again. But the truth is that there are so many great things that happened in 2020. So many different things I don't want to forget that I want to build on. The way that God used Lighthouse Community Church, and the way that God used you to impact our community in the midst of global darkness. Our connection with Urban Alliance was expanded. We, in fact, were ministering to now some new families along the way, and we've been able to provide more in assistance to those families and meeting their needs. We've expanded that in our connection with uh, Washington Writers Academy, the public elementary school down in the Edison neighborhood. We've been able to expand that relationship to the point where they asked us, we were able to provide for Thanksgiving and for Christmas to meet the needs of even more families 
in the Edison neighborhood. And as I was, in fact, it was kind of cool, as I was uh, texting back and forth with the principal of Washington Writers Academy, I, I, I texted her and I said, uh, you know, basically I was like, hey, Elaine's going to be, our, our office administrator is going to be dropping off um, uh, some gift cards and I told her the amount, which was a large amount because of your gracious giving, a lot of money worth of gift cards and some new presents for those, uh, for those families to meet their needs. And this is the text she sent back to me. That text says this. It says, I'm speechless. This is the principal texting me. I'm speechless. Then she tells me that she and this, uh, the lady that's in charge is going to be there. And then she says, Wow. God is good. Thank you all so much. Wow. God is good. Thank you all so much. My friends, it sends me straight back to Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus says, let your light so shine before humanity that they will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. My friends, that's what's going on right now. I don't know... um, where the principal of Washington Writers Academy is on her spiritual journey. I don't know where any of them are at this point in time. I just know that they're seeing Jesus in you and through Lighthouse Community Church. And we are impacting the 61% of the people who don't know Jesus Christ outside of our walls. I want to remember that and I want to build on that. But here's the question Actually, a few questions that you and I have to build on, that we have to consider as we move from 2020 into 2021. We have to ask ourselves, what's up ahead? What's up ahead as we look at 2021 starting here in just a few days? What's up ahead? The next question, where is it exactly that God is calling you? Where is it that God's calling you? A couple weeks ago, I was talking to uh, one of the members of Lighthouse on the phone, and and this person hasn't been to Lighthouse in in a long time um, because she's concerned about health and being in large groups. And, and, uh, you know, I applaud her for making the decisions that are best for her. And she said, I can't wait to be back together. And I'm going to, I can't wait to be back involved. I'm going to get involved in some different things when I get back to Lighthouse. My friends, What is God calling you to do in 2021? And how are you going to attack it? How are you going to attack what God is calling you to do, where he's calling you to be involved, what he is calling you as you re-engage into the new year, into your life, into ministry, into work, into school? What are you going to do to attack it? Because it leads to the third thing that I want us to consider, and it's this. In 2021, we all need to leave it on the field. We need to leave it on the field. For those of you who are sports enthusiasts, you're familiar with this phrase, leave it on the field. For those of you who aren't, it simply means this. I am doing everything I can in my power, physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm doing everything I can to win that game. I I don't want to leave that field with any last ounce or drop of energy in me. I want to leave it on the field. And when I talk about leaving it on the field, there's one game for me that comes to mind, specifically comes to mind. 
And that game took place on January 2nd, 1982, between my San Diego Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. January 2nd, 1982 was a warm and muggy day in Miami, Florida, as the Chargers played the Dolphins in the divisional round of the playoffs. And it was a crazy game. At the end of the first quarter, the Chargers are winning 24 to nothing. And I'm sitting there going, woo, blow out. We're going to the next, we're going to the next round. By halftime, the score was 24 to 17. And, and Miami had done this amazing hook and ladder play that just blow. And I at halftime, I'm going, oh no. The Chargers are gonna blow it again. By the end of regulation in the fourth quarter, the game was 38 to 38 and heading into overtime. The, 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 the teams were both wiped out. They were dehydrated. It was an incredibly physical game. The Chargers ended up winning the game on a field goal, 41 to 38. But here's the incredible thing. The incredible thing was this, that the, the hero of the game was Kellen Winslow. And Kellen Winslow, who you can see on the game, he was the tight end for the San Diego Chargers. And Kellen Winslow, back in 1982, his career became the prototypical tight end of what you see today. Big, fast, strong. And not only did he catch passes and touchdowns in that playoff game, but Kellen Winslow, as you saw in that last picture, actually blocked a punt, or excuse me, blocked a field goal that kept the Chargers in the game. Kellen Winslow ended up being a hero in that game. He left it all on the field so much so that he literally had to be carried off of the field. Kellen Winslow was a hero in that game. Don Shula said that that was possibly the greatest game ever played. Uh, Sports Illustrated said it was the game nobody should have lost. And a lot of the outcome weighed on the shoulders of a hero by the name of Kellen Winslow who left it all on the field. That epic game, that Hall of Fame player made a difference by leaving it on the field. And my friends, this year, this coming year, 2021, the greatest way that you and I are gonna make a difference in our community, in our sphere of influence, with our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our fellow students, our family members, is by being selflessly sacrificial and leaving it on the field. It means that we're gonna have to do some things that are gonna cause us to have to sacrifice maybe financially, maybe time-wise, maybe our energy, maybe we're gonna have to expend some relational capital. We're gonna have to sacrifice. We're gonna have to be involved in some areas at some times that we weren't counting on, anticipating, or even maybe desiring to. And yet God is going to use those to change the world and to change the focus of eternity. All because you and I will leave it on the field. And my friends, as we get to 2021, December 
of 2021, I hope and pray that you and I will look back and we will say, I've done everything to the best of my ability to change the course of history for the kingdom of God. I love this quote by Hunter S. Thompson. Actually, I used it like five years ago, but it's so great for this moment. Hunter S. Thompson said this. He said, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. And I'm hoping that when we get to December 31st, Uh, 2021, you and I will arrive there tired, worn out, proclaiming, wow, what a ride. And there are going to be people who are entering eternity because of the difference you and I have made together. So that's the challenge. Over the next few days, to use this dead zone, this no man's land time, to reevaluate, to find out where you are, to reestablish where you're going, and to commit yourself to leaving it all out on the field. And as you do that, my friends, as you ponder that, as you think through that, here's three questions, three questions that you can ask yourself. The first one, are you where you're supposed to be? Are you? And this may take some time. It may not be a quick answer. For some of us, it's going to be a quick answer. No, I'm not. Okay, but for some of us, we may need to ponder and sit down and think and process Am I where I need to be? The second question is this. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as a generous person? Do you want to be known as a prayer warrior? Do you want to be known as a great parent, a great grandparent? Do you want to be known as a great student? Do you want to be known as a godly person? Are you, do you want to be known as somebody whose life makes a difference? What do you want to be known for? And the third question is, what changes do you need to make to achieve number two? What changes in your life do you need to make to achieve number two? And I'd encourage you to write them down and put them somewhere where you're going to see them. So that's the challenge for you and me to use this no man's land time frame, this awkward lame duck session of our year to prepare ourselves for 2021, which Pastor Kyle is going to talk more about next week as we gather together online. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you, God, that you fulfilled your promises. Emmanuel, God with us, that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you would be with us always. God, that you, that you were faithful and you provided and you were present throughout all of 2020. And Lord, I pray that over these next few days, that we will take the time to examine ourselves and our lives, to re-examine 2020, to look forward into 2021. Lord, to celebrate the great things that you did in 2020 and to look at the things where we need to kind of reestablish where we're going and how we're going to get there. And that we will commit to leaving it all on the field. God, thank you. We love you. And we praise you. Because we know, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are with us. 
and you are for us. And we have this blessed assurance in who you are. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.